Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Today, uh, we're continuing and concluding uh, our Building Blocks teaching series, uh, and we're going to be talking about the foundational practice of giving the foundational practice of giving. Now, I'm sure for many of you, it was for me, uh, when you hear about that topic, our mind often uh, first defaults to money. And certainly, giving financially is part of this foundational practice in our lives, uh, but that's not all it involves. That's not all it involves. For me, uh, where I need to learn a little bit more about generosity and where I find the Lord challenging my heart uh, is with a different kind of green, if you will. And uh, I need help in the area of generosity when it comes to something as simple as a green can of ginger ale. A can of ginger ale. We'll talk more about some lessons I'm learning uh, a little bit later. Uh, but throughout this series, uh, we've been addressing some foundational practices in the Christian life, practices that are uh, called in to, in to cultivate the life of Christ within us, to sure up our, our footing, our foundation, anchoring us in the will and the way of Jesus here and now. And, and I wonder today, as we've come through this series, we've covered four topics leading up to today. Uh, is there one that stands out to you? You know, we began with prayer, and then we looked into Sabbath and worship and community. Is there one of those that maybe you're still processing? I, I know for me, uh, I'm still processing and sense the Lord uh, calling me to consider the topic that we began this whole series with, and that's prayer. And that's been a number of weeks ago now, but here's something that's challenging me. Uh, you may remember that in that message, we, we said prayer is our lifeline to the Father. Well, if that's true, uh, and I, I believe it is, I believe that's prayer. If that's true, how should prayer look in my daily life? And not as much like, you know, what's the right time, what's the right format, but how should prayer be shaping and changing me? Because it's a relational lifeline, right? So, so how should prayer be changing me? And, and, and there's, there's another side to this coin that I feel like God keeps bringing to my mind, and that's this. As your pastor, I'm asking the same question of us as a church. How should prayer as a lifeline change us? How should that connection to the Father be transforming us, the gathered body, the church? How should we be being changed and transformed through prayer? I don't have that answer yet, but I just sense God bringing that back and back and back and through my mind. Every week, somewhere in the week, this goes across my mind. How should we be changed? So, so what, what would that one be for you? 
You see, this point of the service, this series, was not just to gain information, though that's good. We value that. But the point of this series is that we're understanding and examining these practices to implement them into our life. Practice, right? Exercise. Put it on. Try it out. I mean, we, we didn't engage building blocks just because we thought uh, this cool construction motif would go with maybe flannel shirts or something for fall. Like, no, this, this is practical. I don't, I don't think it's hyperbole to say this, these practices can be life-changing and life-giving. And today, friends, as, as we dive into giving, as we unpack this idea of generous living, it has the same power of transformation within it. And it gives us the same invitation to step into obedience and be changed through a lifestyle of generosity and giving. I would invite you to turn to our teaching text today uh, in 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. You see, uh, when we give, there's an element where we are practicing obedience. We're, We're practicing obedience. We're expressing a true understanding of our relationship with the Lord. You see, giving... It's a relational call. It's a relational practice at its core. And so as we dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, just a little bit of context, a little bit of run-up, if you will, to our passage. Uh, This is being written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, He's doing the work of a traveling evangelist. Uh, He's been called and empowered by God. He's, He's on a series of missionary journeys sharing the good news of Jesus across the Roman Empire. And as he's traveling, uh, Paul is is working to collect a love offering, a benevolence gift to the persecuted Christians still in Jerusalem. And and so our teaching text today specifically is written to the church in Corinth, to the Christians there, before Paul arrives. He's kind of priming the pump, if you will, before he gets there on generosity. And just a few verses before our teaching text, Paul has has talked about why he's doing this, what good it will bring, and he's anticipating their participation, their gift. And that's where we're going to come to our teaching text today. He's not just anticipating, he's moving to encourage them. And that's where we're going to begin at verse 6 today of 2 Corinthians 9. Paul says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And so Paul's first move in encouragement and generosity is making an analogy of farming or gardening and planting seeds. And he's basically saying, look, look, if you only plant a couple of seeds, you can only anticipate a couple of pieces of fruit of the harvest. But if you will sow and plant generously, you can anticipate a generous harvest. And I know like, we need to just take a time out. We need to address a few things before we get carried away with this idea that, oh, oh, if, if we just give, then, then God's going to give back abundantly. There is blessing in giving, but it's not the motive. It's not the motive. You see, there, there's teaching and there's, there's practices and there's news stories that abound that, of modern theology that urge you to give so that you'll receive. And that's not, let me be clear again, that is not, one more time, not <laughs> what we're talking about here. That's not what Paul is saying. That perspective of generosity is not biblical. But we do believe the word of Scripture that there is a blessing in giving. 
And Paul's saying, look, if, if you only sow a little, you're only going to harvest a little. But if you'll go all in, you can anticipate an abundant blessing. See, there is blessing in giving, but it's not to be our motive. Let's continue in verse 7. Paul says, each of you uh, should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, uh, Paul wants to make sure that there's nobody, uh, you know, maybe in the back or in the restroom that day that doesn't get this message. Each of you, generosity is for everyone. Each of you should be a part of, of moving and contributing and giving of your life to see the kingdom come. Giving is for everyone. Paul didn't single out the deacons. He didn't single out the elders. He didn't even pick on the church board. Not even those with some extra cash laying around. Paul says everyone is invited into giving, into this relational uh, practice. And as we'll see, uh, Paul's main concern is not just about uh, a status or position with the church. It's, it's a matter of heart. And it's really important today. Generosity, giving is a matter of the heart. What does he say? He says, each of you should give what you have decided to give in your Excel spreadsheet. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Uh, each of you should give what you've decided to give in your checkbook. Balance, no? Hmm. Let's try that again. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so this idea that the generosity that Paul is encouraging, what he's trying to stir up, is not a compulsive response to his preaching or even his pleading. The generosity that, that he is calling, that, that the Christian the experiences, our generosity is to be a heart-level decision to see Christ as Lord over our life, including our wallet. It's a matter of the heart. You see, uh, giving and living generously uh, is an obedient response to the move of God in our lives. And, and I shared this with our, our prayer team early this morning. Uh, what has captivated me about this and this idea of giving is so many times we can think about it of just, I got to do it, I got to do it. But the invitation of Scripture is to step into it as a transformative process, as a foundational practice. And we see that the basic call of Christianity is to be formed in the heart of God, Right? Formed and made in his image, Christ's likeness. Well, what's the heart of God? John 3.16, I hope you see it on a football game this afternoon, but John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he... See, the invitation to generosity is not an obligation. It's an invitation to be transformed and have the heart of God the Father that loves so much that he gave. Generosity, the invitation, is a matter of the heart. And Paul makes that so clear. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. And it's, it's funny to me that this word for cheerful in the original language is where we get our word hilarious. So, yeah, see. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, if something's hilarious, like that laughter's not just a, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like it's coming from within, right? Like it's a good belly laugh if it's hilarious. That's the kind of giving that God is desiring, that joy and the excitement, the uh, uh, fulfillment would come from within and flow out of us. God loves a cheerful giver, hilarious giver. 
And so he's, he's pointing out here that, that it's not just that we give. It's the way at which we do it. So as you think about generosity today is joy and laughter and blessing what comes to mind. You see, if I was honest, like that's, that's the litmus test of generosity in my life. The tempo or the temper of my heart when it comes. You see, uh, my family's helping me with this. I have a lot to learn in generous living. I love ginger ale. I love ginger ale. Uh, in fact, I brought a cold one. That one's warm. I don't want waste, to waste precious calories on a warm ginger ale. So we're going to crack open a cold one here. I love ginger ale. Like at the end of a day, uh, there's something uh, just refreshing and sweet and, oh, poured over ice. There's nothing better. And when I want to engage in a ginger ale, uh, like there's only 12 ounces of this precious nectar in here. I want all of it by myself. Okay? I don't do this very often. It's a treat. Leave me alone. The problem shows up when I'm not the only one in my house <laughs> that likes ginger ale. I'm not the only one. Uh, you see, there's two other people in my house, uh, mainly my daughter, uh, that really loves ginger ale too. See, she can be, at four years old, she can be off playing in another room. Uh, she can be in the middle of playing with her toys, singing along to a storybook. She can be in the middle of doing anything. But if she hears this right here, boom, right there she is. Uh, it's, she'll be running down the hall out of Kid City in just a minute. But see, out of nowhere, she's right there, and I'm going, no. See, because I can already, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. She's going to ask, she's going to ask that question that just makes my heart sink. Daddy, can I have some? Uh-uh, I haven't seen it. You know, because in my mind, that heart sinking says, no, there's only 12 ounces in this thing. You can't have one of them. I worked all day. It's hot. I want a cold ginger ale. No, go drink something else. Parents, you don't, you laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. Go away. But of course, we don't say those things, right? We don't say those things. You know, I just kind of grip my teeth and reach for the cup. And if I'm honest, that's not out of a cheerful heart. I'm working on it because I really just want to go back here in another room. Mm. Oh, so good. Go away. <laughs> but God loves a cheerful giver, right? And so you're laughing. I mean, maybe it's French fries for you. I mean, there's been fist fights over French fries at restaurants before. I'm just saying. Order your own if you want them. I'm just saying. But you see, what, what's happening here is we might laugh because it's ginger ale and a toddler or French fries or whatever it is. But if we're honest, can't we recognize that feeling when the topic turns to generosity? When we hear that God wants a cheerful giver, we try to go, like, not from you, right? There's something within us that wants to just grab and pull in. But the invitation that Paul is giving to generosity, it's important to understand that it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue, and, and it's so important. He didn't want the church in Corinth, he doesn't want us to miss that the way in which we give matters to God. The way in which we give matters 
matters to God. Each of you should give from the heart, give willingly and with gladness, even when it hurts and there's only 12 ounces. Give from the heart, give willingly, and give with gladness. He continues in verse 8, he says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, listen to how many times all shows up here, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you get to pick all, (laughs) having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, Paul is quoting Old Testament, he says, uh, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion as through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. If you wanted to summarize, I'm getting double back now, I've been drinking ginger ale. If you want to summarize Paul's final teaching, his final encouragement on giving, I think you could do it with this short sentence. God moves when you give. God moves when you give. And this is really circling back all the way to his farming analogy at the beginning. Uh, When we give, God is working in us and through us. You see, there's something happening. There's a discipline there. There's an exercise there that, that when we give, we're trusting There's an exercise of faith there where we are obeying him. And that exercise, friend, is a spiritual discipline at which God can move and transform our hearts into his very likeness. For God so loved that he gave. Is it any wonder that he's transforming our hearts in the direction of generosity? Even with our ginger ale. (laughs) You see, that action of giving, that spiritual discipline, that move of faith is transforming our hearts in his likeness, and he blesses us so abundantly that we have the things we need. And again, this is not a prosperity gospel sales pitch. This is not a replacement for your 401k strategy. This is simply an understanding of generosity and giving in the kingdom of God, that when we give, God moves. When we give. God moves. So far, Paul has helped us to see that this call to generous living is to everyone, that it should come from the heart with gladness, and that God is moving and doing something within us when we engage that practice. And so we take that truth, and we try to bring that into our everyday lives. And and that's again, that's what this is about, right? Not to just know more about it, but to live it. To see giving as an exercise of the faith to engage on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, so what do some of these steps look like? What does it look like to bring generosity, a heart-level response into our daily lives? And I think the answer might surprise us. It might surprise us because I believe today that the call to Christ-like generosity is to uh, show up in everything that we do. Everything? Yeah, everything. Uh, I want to rewind in our teaching series just a little bit. I want to go back to our our message on worship. All this is available on our website if you want to go back and listen in. Uh, We we had a teaching text there from Romans chapter 12, Apostle Paul writing again. Uh, 
Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, uh, in view of God's mercy, in view of, of who God is and how he's moved, in view of God's mercy, respond. Offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, when we were looking at worship, we went to this passage to understand, to see the call that God is inviting us in the normal Christian walk to offer all of ourselves, everything we do as a way of worshiping and honoring God, celebrating Him and recognizing Him. And and that is the essence of worship. But there's also a lot of giving language in there, isn't it? Offer, (laughs) give yourself. And so we believe that in uh, this life of discipleship, in following the way of Jesus, that we are to give our all to the Lord. And so when we talk about this practice of giving, of living generously, the building block of our faith, we're not just talking about our money. And I hope that's coming through clear. We believe that God is inviting us to be generous, to live lavishly generous with all that we have, not just our money or You see, God wants us to be generous with everything. What about your time? What would it look like to be generous with time today? What would it look like to be generous, to see it as an exercise of faith, to be generous with your talent and your abilities? You know, there's things you can do that nobody else in this room can do. Generous lifestyle offers that to God and says, here, use it. It's yours. What about your relational? This one's tough. What about being generous with your relational availability or your relational touch for someone that's having a difficult time or going through a a difficult season or hurting or grieving? Could you be generous and step out and love them? It gets messy and it gets hard, but generosity, lifestyle of giving says, give them everything. Don't underestimate what you can give. So when we talk about generosity as a lifestyle or as a building block of the faith, it's a call to give all. To give all. And so what are some of the steps? What are some practices? What are ways that we can begin to see our life as one offering to give to God. And as I've worked through this this week, I, for me, I, I think it came down to three points uh, that are helping me to wrestle with this. Because clearly, <laughs> I need to get generous with something as simple as a ginger ale, right? I got some work to do. But what does it look like to step into generosity, not as an obligation, not as a duty, not because some preacher said so, but because God is inviting us to be transformed in that practice of giving? I think first, a place to begin and to do some heart searching is to begin by giving thanks. Giving thanks. You see, I think the truth is that in the economy of God, uh, giving is always giving back. That there is nothing that we have that we really possess that really belongs to us anyway. It's all His. We just sang that, right? It's all yours. It's yours. So any ask of giving is only to give back what he's already blessed us with. And so you, you look to the scriptures in James. What does he say in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17? He says, don't be deceived. Don't, don't, don't miss it. My dear brothers and sisters, 
every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So what God is asking us to be generous with, He already gave us in the first place. And so if our heart posture uh, is one that wants to cower away and hide and pull in, if our heart posture says, uh, well, I worked hard for it, it was my skill, it was my ability, I did it on my own, I deserve it. If our heart posture is there, we will never experience the generosity that God desires for us. We must begin by giving thanks and understanding that it's all from him in the first place, down to a ginger ale. And when you find that freedom, you can give it away. It's not yours anyway. It's always easier to give away somebody else's stuff, right? It's God's. So let's begin by giving thanks. Generous living begins with a grateful heart. So let's give thanks to God who's given us every good and perfect gift. Uh, second, uh, give your treasure. You know, if you're looking for a way like, okay, like, what, what do we do? How do I step into this? Well, uh, why not start with your finances? Why not give of your financial resources? Jesus, he, he had a lot to say about money. He had a lot to say about money, and I believe it's because he understood that how we utilized our money, how we utilized our resources was a direct reflection of our heart priorities. What we value It's going to show up in our credit card statement or our bank statement. And so giving financially and stepping into that step of faith is one way that we declare that Jesus is Lord over my life, including my finances. And we see this invitation to giving financially throughout the narrative of Scripture uh, from the Old Testament to the New. Uh, In the Old Testament, God commanded that we give a tithe, a full 10% of of our gain, of our increase to the local storehouse or think local church at this point. Uh, And so that invitation exists to give 10% to God, and there was an invitation to give above and beyond. And so we believe that that command, that trajectory didn't stop at the break between the Old and New Testament, that that's still God's desire that we place Him first in the area of finances in our life. So so what would that look like to step into generous living and make Him His priority, the first 10%, the first line item every month? What would that obedience look like? So it's going to be tough. I know. But what about that invitation? about that invitation. You see, in in the book of Malachi, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, God actually invites his people to test him on this. So so we've seen that when you give, God moves. and, and, And in Malachi 3, he says, basically, try me. You don't believe that I move when you give? Try me. And so, friends, that invitation is open today. Try God on giving. Try God on giving. Give thanks, give your treasure, finally give all the rest. Give all the rest. You see, God's call to giving doesn't focus in, doesn't zero in on our money, though that's part of it. You see, God's call to generosity extends to time and talents and our relational touch. So begin to think, what does generosity look like with time? It's the most precious resource any of us are ever getting. It's the only thing in this world you can't get more of, time. How do you be generous with what God's given you? 
What about your talents? Those skills, that gift set, that those things that you can do that nobody else can do, what would it look like to invest that in the kingdom of God? What about your relational touch, your availability to just sit with someone who is hurting? What would that look like? You know, maybe, maybe would it look like taking uh, two hours of vacation from work to attend a funeral of someone you never met before just so you can sit beside your friend who was grieving? That's generosity. Or maybe after work, uh, you, you, you go in the front door of Sentara RMH and you check in there and to go see someone that's upstairs and, and facing a health challenge in the hospital and you can go say, hey, brother, sister, how you doing? I care about you. Friend, your relational touch in those things will mean more than a pastor's visit 90% of the time because you gave. That's the beauty. What would it look like to use your talents, your skills? Maybe you're a numbers person. Maybe you're good with details. What would it look like to volunteer at the local clinic or EAUS or wherever that is and and help people fill out job applications or uh, applications for assistance or anything like that? Like, what would that generosity look like? What would it look like to give a Sunday or a service a, a, a month or two services a month to invest in future generations? through kids' ministry, or to invest in coffee ministry, or next steps, or outreach, or hospitality. Like, what, what would that look like to give? Step into that transformative blessing of God. When you give time, talents, treasure, touch, when you give, God moves. When you give, God moves. As we conclude today, I want to share one more story. Um, it's about generosity, um, but it's about a lady I, I met a couple years ago, a lady named Grace Duncan. I met Grace in July of 2016, Clendenin, West Virginia. Um, friend and I were, were part of a, a team from the Virginia district. Uh, we have a, a, a district uh, program called Natural Disaster Response. Uh, and we were a part of a team that had traveled to this small uh, community outside of Charleston uh, to, to help victims of, of the floods there. Some of you may remember there was a, a string of thunderstorms that just decimated areas of Kentucky and West Virginia with, with heavy, heavy rain, uh, historic levels of flooding. Uh, and so we, we were a part of that trip, and, and there, there's a sense where this whole trip was somewhat of an expression of compassionate generosity, Right? Because uh, people gave of their time, people gave of their resources to buy water and all the basic necessities. Uh, People gave their talents, showed up, and and offered what they could do to help. And so there's a sense where it was an expression of generosity, and and it was a compassionate response for neighbors who were hurting. And uh, so a friend and I were able to go, we were able to get away, and uh, both of us had construction experience. And uh, once they've heard that once we got there and checked in at the Church of the Nazarene there, once they heard we had construction skills, we were immediately right back out the door. Uh, and Grace's house was one of our first stops, uh, just fresh coming in out of town. Uh, and behind Grace's house, there was uh, a, a, what was normally a gently flowing mountain stream uh, that had swollen, and because of the floodwaters, it had literally shifted her house off the foundation. Uh, water had flown in one side and out the other. Uh, along with a lot of her stuff and so many things. And 
Uh, that's the picture that you see when you pull up, except Grace is sitting in the front yard. And her countenance doesn't match the chaos all around her. And so we pull up there, and we can see immediately that there ain't going to be a lot we can do for this house. And I remember some of the crews that were there already, they were just saying, we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know how we're going to do this. And I said, look, 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 we, we can't help the house, but we can help Grace. And so we just approached her and said, Grace, uh, there, there's not really anything we can do for your house right now, but is there something we can do for you? And she paused, and she kind of thought for a little bit, and she, she began to recall some things that were in her home that were important to her, valuables, heirlooms. And, and she started to give directions, and one guy would run in and go on the mission, and they would come back out, and she'd say, well, well go in the room to the left and, and check there in the closet. I had a, you know, X, Y, Z. And so that's what we did, and as we were in and back and out, I, I, I remember just sitting down, kneeling down beside her, and I asked her about her Bible. And if you could zoom in on it today, it, it has mud on it too. Um, and as I asked her about her Bible, uh, she begins to say how much God has blessed her. She begins to share about how from this home that is now in shambles, she was investing in her grandchildren, how she knew that somehow God was going to work it all out for her. And you see where floodwaters once flowed, grace was pouring out of her heart full of gratitude. She knew it was all the Lord's anyway. And honestly, in that moment, sitting there in her yard, you can see it's a, it's a narrow picture, but that's her possessions behind her. And she's sitting there in the yard talking to me. And she points out her favorite Bible verse, and it's Isaiah 41.10. And, and Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Grace was sitting in that scripture, in that moment. You see, we, we set out on a mission of generosity to help Grace that day. But we received such a blessing from her steadfast faith. We could have built her a mansion and not repaid what she gave to us. Friends, that's generosity in the kingdom of God. Sometimes the blessing and the transformation, if I close my eyes, I can stand with her in her yard still today and just see her faith. Friends, that blessing came on the spot through Grace Duncan. Someone that understood it was all God's anyway, he's going to work it out. That changed me. When you give, God moves. So will you say yes today to giving, to the practice of, of offering your all to God? Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you see your life transformed? See your heart changed into the image of the Father? That's giving. Let's pray together. Lord, 
I want to pray for Grace Duncan again. I don't know where she is. She might be with you. Lord, I thank you that she got generosity and boy, she taught us that day. She gave more than we could have ever given her. Y'all come back now. Come see me again. give you move so Lord will you help us today to see giving as a spiritual discipline and exercise of the faith at which you transform our heart and hearts into the heart of you Lord your heart that loved the world so much that you gave the ultimate gift transform our hearts through giving today Father giving of our time of our talents treasures and of our touch. Lord, we love you today. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, Please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.